0: Greetings. God bless you guys. Welcome to RLM TV.
1: We're coming to you live from Miami where it is 77 degrees and the weather in heaven is always perfect. It's always a perfect day in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Wouldn't you like to have every day be a perfect day in heaven? What's preventing you from having the perfect day of righteousness? A perfect day of overcoming sins a perfect day of overcoming all that is in the world through him who is within you which is Christ the anointed one so many people struggle to have the feelings of righteousness the experience of righteousness and we see the hurdles If you're coming from Charismatic Christianity and even coming to learn righteousness, you'll find that most people sent to help you end up being the ones who hurt you, who hunt you, who betray you. And you'll find that as the temptation increases and the levels, that you're more and more discouraged by your own inability to resist temptation. And then you find... And this is true about you. There's nothing in you that's more holy than all the people you see on the news, on the internet, on TV, who screw it up and they find themselves in all kinds of sin and public shame. Now, usually, if you're a very immature and carnal Christian, you think you're holier than them. You're not. You're not holier than them, not even by an ounce. It's just simply the fact that you've never been tempted at that level before. You never have. You may have had various temptations for your babyhood level, but you've never been tempted at that level of principality that takes down the leadership of God. And this is a time where God is raising up his champions that will not be able to be overcome by those same principality. Hell, cosmic righteousness, purity, and righteousness. So when you see things shaking and happening this year, I would advise you strongly to never look at the exposed sins of others and think of yourself as more righteous or more more holy because you're simply not. Because you think in babyhood, carnal Christianity, yes, the glory stream, you have tongues. You think that you're holier than that, Mm -hmm. and you're simply not. You can go up 10 weeks, and guess what, Buckwheat? Ten weeks, you're not that holy. You're really not that holy. How much less on Assiah, in the lower worlds, in Adam Kadmon, in Absolute, in Berea, you're not as holy as you think that you are. It still comes down to the fact that Jesus Christ, he's the Holy One of Israel. He is the Holy Blessed One. He's the Anointed One. Never put down the sword because he is the source of all the anointing of all the holiness the purity and the righteousness that you need to succeed in rising and overcoming principalities that have overcome so many what's different about this generation by generation i mean the generation of sapphire stones which means you're rising that's the only thing that's going to set you apart you're rising and you cling to christ and you never attribute the good things he gives you on sapphire stones anything of you, it all comes down to Him. He's the only one who can stand up to temptation.
0: Amen. His name is the Lord our Holiness. Studying His names in Scripture is so beneficial because what they do is progressively put your identity out of self, which is striving, and never being good enough, and self-condemnation, and all these things. Like Even self-sacrifice can be deceiving if it's not the attachment to Him, Christ, in you. And so all of it is progressive marriage to the Lamb, which is selflessness. Being married to the Lamb is married to the cross. I want you to understand today you are marrying the cross of Jesus Christ with all your mind, will, and emotions, with all your house. And that's what salvation is. It's a trade, a covenant with God, that I will attach my entire identity and my feelings and emotions and the will of my life to God. And ultimately, you're saved because God is salvation. You know, the name Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. The name Jesus means Yahweh is our salvation. So what does it mean? You're not And I think that's an astonishing revelation for so many who believe that salvation is dependent on works instead Mm -hmm. of faith. Mm -hmm. And faith without works is dead faith, but the works we're talking about is when the Holy Spirit is coming through your body because your faith has attached your consciousness, your awareness, your spirit, your soul, your feelings, your emotions to the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I believe the revelation of the gospel is the presence of the spirit of Jesus in your bodies. So what really saves you is that you're not aware that God is with you. What's the ultimate revelation? The revelation that God is with you. We know apart from God, we can do nothing. Well, we don't need a revelation for that. That's the human condition. That's sin, falling short of the glory, that I'm not with God. The revelation that God is with you and transforming you from the inside out, and he's on the outside with angels, Mm -hmm. and he's on the inside with his Holy Spirit, that's what constantly transforms you. The word transformation is a perpetual movement of God's spirit found in Romans 12, 2, that you are continuously transfigured by the renewing of your mind. What's the renewing of your mind? The washing Mm -hmm. of the water of the river of life by attachment to his throne. Revelation 22, I saw the Lamb of God seated on the throne and the river proceeding from his throne. What is daily bread? Daily bread is daily salvation. Type in the comments, did you get saved today? I hope so. It's a daily salvation. (laughs) Daily bread is that daily washing. Lord, restore the joy of salvation, which means the awareness of his presence in my soul today from the very throne of Yahweh. Amen. And this is the way of truth and life and holiness, and it's all in his spirit And it is a perpetual increase of His presence in your hearts and minds. It corrects all behavior. It gets rid of all the other ideas, the arguments that are strongholds that war against His Word, which is His truth. And the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. What's all truth? All truth is the throne of Jesus. What did the Messiah say when He was with us? It's recorded in Scripture. I am the way, the truth and the life and Mm -hmm. then he said and no one comes to the father which is god except through me it is written the way the truth and the Mm -hmm. life which means it's a walk it's a way what do we have a way for a way when we read the signs on the road it says one way right you have a one way sign it's a direction of movement hello So Jesus is saying, I am the direction of movement to the Father. I am the one-way street to the only God. Amen? Let us believe it. Then he says, I am the truth. Which means this way will require a correction to all of your opinions about everything. All of your human ideas get Mm -hmm. obliterated as you walk in this way. That where, is true. Where people leave the way as they cling to their own human ideas and opinions about God and about themselves and about everything and what they learned in Sunday school, but it wasn't the Sunday school of heaven. It was the Sunday school of the religious demon mm-hmm. or the charismatic witchcraft or the principalities who teach Christianity. They're called the teachers of the Bible, Pharisees, scribes, and teachers, of the law. Well, the law was the Bible. That's a term for scripture, teachers of the scripture. So if we understand the sons of Satan and his first coming, what did they do? They taught <laughs> the scriptures. Hello? Now, Jesus said, I'll be the way, the truth, and the life, which means this will help you stay free from the satanic teachers of the New Testament, the satanic teachers of glory, the satanic teachers of grace. You need to hear it. Because there's a lot of it out there right now. And here's how you'll know them. They won't have the fruit of being attached to the vine. I have come that you may be attached to the vine. That you may bear fruit and fruit that lasts. This vineyard is an understanding of scripture. Jesus Christ the Messiah in John chapter 15 equated understanding the Bible to vineyards of wine which means it's a, it's a mm-hmm. intoxicating glory of understanding God's word. When you understand God's word, there's a fruit, a vineyard, a vintage, a drinkable substance of light and life that will come forth when you truly understand the Bible. That's what Messiah taught. And guys, that's what we bring every day here. It is an understanding that also has a substance that is satisfying. Why do people go and buy wine? Because they want to feel good. Hello? Mm-hmm. Jesus equated the understanding of Scripture in John 15 to vineyards of wine because mm-hmm. when you truly understand the Bible in the presence of the glory of the Almighty God, it will make you feel good. It will make sin feel bad. It's called wine press of the wrath of the Almighty towards sin and darkness. But to the new creature in Christ, it'll be like drinking the Garden of Eden. So truly understanding scripture, which is sanctification, the way, the truth, and the life, is going into the Garden of Eden and feeling a certain way. Every single prophet I've ever heard who's gone into heaven has always said they have never felt so good in their life. They felt completely surrounded Mm. by a warm blanket of divine love.
1: That or like they were about to die and they're falling (laughs) over, prostrate on their face, accidentally worshiping the wrong kind of an entity and just overall terrified to the point where their spirit almost leaves them until the angel gives them a little food to like, here, come here buckwheat, just have a bite of this, you'll be fine. And so you'll notice all of those are true heavenly experiences. There's the awe and the fear and the terror of God, which is associated with Gevra and that side. And then you have the love and the sweetness and the good feeling of hesed, And those are both accurate depictions of the experience of heaven. Why? Because God in his nature doesn't conform to us desiring only experiencing one aspect of him. Where we find one aspect, we love the loving kindness, but how many people will embrace his judgments, that ruby gemstone that Rick Joyner encountered, and the intensity of the severity of God? Who wants to embrace that? You know, you see a a line of people lined up, wrapped around the earth, not really, you know, just a few people who are like, okay, maybe, oh, am I going to die, you know? Why do we embrace his judgments? Why do we embrace his severity? It's in order to get the wickedness out so that you can receive more of his loving kindness. Here's the issue. Never to the left and never to the right. He says not to the left, not to the right. Straight and narrow way. What does that mean? Let's take a look at the outer courts of Christianity. I'm just going to use one denomination as an example. It doesn't mean that we dislike these people, the denomination. Every denomination has their positives. And every denomination has their serious negatives where they're really believing lies so it's not really about that that's it's about an example for understanding so for this example let's take the outer court christianity of like let's say like a very serious baptist community they really embrace holiness to be like this very like the most stoic serious you know because that's in their minds what they think of oh that's we're going to be more holy we're going to have only the women over here the men over here we're going to have you know we're going to have order and righteousness. We're going to have this and that. Very serious a lot of times. Very stoic. Not a lot of joy or freedom. Not a lot of dancing. You don't really lift your hands up. You know, he's just maybe like mid-level raising hands at best, right? That's <laughs> about as far as you get. None of this, <laughs> you know. That's what I like to do. On the bright, on the plus side, they're probably not going to be like releasing as much glory to Jezebel. So I guess that's kind of a positive. But on the downside, what is it? They don't really know the Holy Ghost. And they don't know the joy and the love of heaven. They have measurements of it, but again, it's very limited. It's very limited, their experience of God. They don't see miracles and things like that. Now, on the other side, you might, someone with a little bit more charisma, glory stream, or people encounter, I've been to churches where they encounter like the wine of God. I've met some glory grandmas, they didn't care what kind of stuff i was thinking met these grandmas the drunken glory grandmas of the glory stream church they're really precious i love them actually i i was really into like the drunken glory and so i said all kinds of crazy stuff to these grandmas and they're just like hallelujah amen (laughs) i said (laughs) i said so much crazy stuff i did yeah i tested their freedom to the limit about injecting the holy ghost (laughs) and talking about him like drugs and just i was very serious about it you know and they didn't even care because why? They could see the Holy Spirit resting on me and within me. And they just love the Lord. They don't really care what their denomination thinks or believes or what they're... They're just about loving others. And they have so much rewards for that. Like a lot of people, they're just... There are some people who are just a precious people reserved for God, and that's who they are. So I, I love those kind of people. You know, they're just like whatever God's doing. But let's talk about the weaknesses there. We talked about the weaknesses of the outer courts and some of the strength. The strength are, they don't really get into, even though they're under Jezebel's tower, they don't give her a lot of glory, and they don't give a lot of substance, because they don't, but they don't have a lot to give, right, to the enemy camp. And the plus side is, they don't really get into the deep secrets of Satan, So if they just hold tight to what they have...
0: No deep secrets of God or the
1: Right, just kind (laughs) of like, you know...
0: It's like fire insurance Christianity.
1: But the cool thing is, is they have really good barbecues. If you need help, they help you. Like, those are the kind of people I met in my life that would help me with my car, that would just go out of their way to help someone in need. They would feed the hungry. They would clothe the people in need. They would just... I mean, they would just have some of the most delicious tasting food in their potluck. <laughs> you know, that would be baked with love. The measure of love they had, they would give. And it was great. I mean, people who would get into, like, I remember I had one friend who would just get into punching matches with his dad and just a messed up situation. And, but still, listen, just desperation, trying to get to know God in the outer courts somehow. You know, people struggling with drinking, alcohol, struggling with religion. And you have some really nice people that would just take them and, hey, you know what? Hospitality. You know, the hospitality gift is really rare sometimes the more spiritual it gets. And so they would literally just take people into their home and provide, hey, you know what? I know things are really heated at home. But why don't you come with us? You know, come to church with us. Just we'll take care of you and give you food and give you a place, shelter and pray for you and... You know, just ca- wise counsel from their own experience in the Lord and the Bible, like Bible-based advice. Just, you know, there's a lot of love and a lot of taking care of the physical needs. And that's, that I feel like don't lose that when you go more like charismatic and you get tongue. Just cause you got tongues doesn't mean you shouldn't help people in need, right? Now you're too spiritual and hurt and jaded. <laughs> Avoid that situation and get that rectified. Uh, so then the, what the weakness is that you find in the like, the more charismatic approach or the glory stream approach. So the positive, you know, you're experiencing the Holy Ghost. Like, that's amazing. Miracles, healings. But the downside is a lot of people get into the miracles that are from the demons from the higher halls of hell. And they don't learn the difference. They end up worshiping Jezebel and doing major damage to There's the kingdom. There's no
0: revelation of the dazzling demons. Right. Guys, we were in the thick of the glory stream the charismatic Ooh. church for over a decade and there is no teaching mm-hmm. on the dazzling demons which is the main thing mm-hmm. that's oppressing the charismatic pentecostal church and the mm-hmm. spiritual christians where we need most revelation is exposing those angels of light the dazzling mm-hmm.
1: demons then and people get in risk of like losing salvation and now they're worshiping demons and deifying their own self I t- you'd notice uh, it, what makes it really difficult for people to move from glory stream to cosmic righteousness, which is just progression of the river, right? The book of wisdom that says that the little river was Esther. And, you know, it turns, it goes up into the sun. Basically, like, hey, just keep following the river. It leads you into the sun. It's about the bride of Christ maturing. That's what it's about. It's the that book of wisdom. And it's all, you know, hidden throughout the scriptures. You see it all through the oral, and written Torah. But why is it hidden? It's because of all these different weaknesses that people have to demons Why is it so hard for people to receive tongues or they think it's a Kundalini spirit, right? How many of you before you got tongues had people warn you? Oh, it's a Kundalini spirit Oh, it's the those are demons
0: people are afraid of the mm-hmm. things they don't understand,
1: right? Exactly and so from my perspective, I didn't want to get into anything like like demonic so you know if there's people that know the bible better than me i would just trust their opinion because i never considered myself that great of a scholar of the bible i would be you know easily distracted i couldn't understand the terms i felt like it was just a bunch of dudes fighting each other and they have way too many wives and like all this drama it was drama 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 and historical events and then i would see all these teachers of the Bible, and they knew all the historical facts, and the charts for their Daniel, and this is what this means, I just always assumed I wasn't, you know, that good of a scholar to be able to to understand what the smart people over there were talking about. I was like, you know what, I might not be able to understand, but with my level, let me just do what I can with my level, and try to obey God with whatever few talents that I have, and I didn't even thought I had any talent in life. (laughs) I just thought, like, well we we'll just you just give to god what you have and so i just decided that's what i'm gonna do but it just turns out all those like s- the smart people teaching the bible all the, like the advanced teachers it's not that good they don't really know most of them what they're actually talking about and if you're on the path of righteousness you're gonna actually get to know the lord himself and he reveals mysteries to you. You don't have to be one of the smart scholarly people. You can literally not even know how to read like Brother Lawrence would teach. Even if you don't know how to read, or like Teresa of Avila, Gian Guyon. they were always advocating for the little guy. Like you are not the best of the best, maybe not the smartest or the brightest or the richest or whatever. Maybe you don't have the best DNA, it doesn't matter. This walk is for anybody and everyone who will just give their all for Jesus. And part of that means being open to the stuff that we don't know about. And the more you give what you have to the Lord, the more he gives back to you in measurements of grace of himself. And so you grow in grace. You grow in the undeserved grace. And you realize, yeah, I don't deserve this, but I'm so glad he's giving this to me. Then he gives you revelations, mysteries, secrets. Um... It counters and it just it's so mind-blowing and then you realize all those people that you thought you know they were the ones who knew everything it was like some pie-in-the-sky unattainable thing it's really just the simplicity of christ the imitation of christ walking in him walking after him and it is really for everybody anybody can walk in this it's really not as hard as people want to make it out to be uh, The reason why it gets hard is when we try to make it about ourselves, And that's going back to, let's talk about the weaknesses of the glory stream kind of mindset. When you're in that mindset, it's very easy to become an idolater of Ruah, right? So the temptation is to be an idolater of Ruah, of your own Ruah soul, right? In glory stream Christianity, people tend to believe this. Well, we're made in the image of God. God is in three parts, we know him father son and holy spirit so we're in his image which means three parts uh, spirit soul and what's the other body right and so people just tend to think i just have a spirit and a soul and a body and they don't know any more about god mm-hmm. they don't know the layers they don't know the seven spirits of god in their spirit and when they do then it's like well come on if we're made in his image where is your seven
0: deifying your own mm-hmm. spirit is the deification of self that's the highest level of deceit
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what that's the weakness that's a great weakness of the glory stream the drunken glory that's all right. the kind of uh, and so what happens is because of the deification of your own ruah mm-hmm. if you've made your own ruah god it's very offensive that there are more souls to be added to you because that what you thought that was god people think that's god it's not you are literally your spirit that's like the holy part of you holy it's not even if you're not at the top of your it's not even circumcised and sanctified it's just a little baby so the
0: charismatic really is mm-hmm. tempted with the highest level yeah. of temptation of the dazzling demons when they the demons tempt the rua speaking yeah. in tongues part of you of your spirit and tell you that's god and it's absolutely not it's a young spirit that mm-hmm. just really grew a tiny bit And when you deify it Mm -hmm. there's no more potential to grow up into any of the higher things of heaven and most of those people become the enemies of the stairway because they've deified their own spirit
1: it's so it's honestly it's really (laughs) unfortunate and don't hold it against anyone it's the working of the enemy so here's the thing this is how you can avoid the limitations of each group if you're out of court like you don't have praying in tongues yet baptized in the holy spirit yet Don't worry so much about like people telling you, oh, it's demonic. Just seek the Lord first in his righteousness, his kingdom. Because, you know, there is some truth in that. There is a lot of people in the charismania that get demon possessed and their tongues are demonic. So it's not like they were 100% wrong in the outer courts. They were just trying to avoid it. So you have to live a sanctified, fruitful life. That's actually how you can help others who are in the outer courts realize that, hey, there is a gift of the Holy Spirit in tongues. It's when the fruit of your life is good. So when you bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not just the gifts, there's the angel right there manifesting. When you bear the fruit, it's proof to them, hey, that's actually good. Look at the fruit, right? So when you come and learn righteousness, it's your job to bear the fruit, the fruit of righteousness, because you could tell your family or your friends about cosmic righteousness RLM TV because you know that it's it's this is the way God's told that to you and here's here's a reality check until you start bearing the fruit of it there's no reason for your friends or family or anyone to actually believe you because if you're just in head knowledge about you know RLM TV righteousness training and you believe it in your mind well that's a start But until you bear the fruit of righteousness, why would anyone believe you? If you're not walking in humility at home, if you're not walking in kindness, and you just fly off the handle, and you're just angry, and now you're angrily telling someone about righteousness, you are actually an enemy of the kingdom of God now, and a betrayer of righteousness. I know it's really sounding serious, because it is serious. When you tell people about this message, but you don't walk in it and live it, you're actually the biggest enemy standing in the way of Jesus Christ and His kingdom. His kingdom at hand that's coming. And that's a really serious thing. It's about bearing the fruit. Fruit bearing, that's it. The trees that are cursed and the New Testament are the ones that don't bear fruit. You have time to bear fruit. But just to make it really real, it's not just about getting a certain teaching and then repackaging it and then sharing it or forcing it on people that is not how God works it's a get to it's not a have to (laughs) you get to participate we get to participate but we have to bear the fruit otherwise (laughs) it's not it's not a testimony
0: really coming out of earthly understanding of scripture into heavenly angelic understanding of scripture is what we need a change of the mindset if you understand this verse in Revelation 19, Jesus Christ is the word of God. Therefore, the word of God is the way, the truth, and the life. So anytime true words from heaven come forth, and they, the Holy Ghost will breathe on his Bible. It's the Holy Spirit's Bible. It will always be in a way, a truth, and a life. And we know that the life is in the light, the light of life. And that's what Jesus Christ called Life in Scripture was light, Shekinah. So it means there will be a walk. There will be a correction of the way, of your actions, your thoughts, your ideas, your conversation, your speech. Everything about you will change when true Scripture comes forth. It commands obedience. When there is no commandment for change and the person stays the same in their thoughts and actions, they did not receive the word which means there's no change in the way they do that is things. So cr- there's no elevation change. You have hardened your hearts in the wilderness and are practicing dead faith. So that is a huge amount of believers that only hear the word but never obey it. They're never doers of the word. They're only hearers of the word. That is a huge amount. And mm-hmm. those people are called the Church of Laodicea. They live in Edom, which is a nation of Esau, and their incarceration is in the seven mountains of Edom, in the seven mountains of Esau. Their angels are actually the dazzling demons, and that's why they Mm -hmm. contradict and oppose the true apostles, the sanctified special messengers of the gospel, so severely to the point of character assassination, constant betrayal, constant slander. Constant attack and public attack and and all these things that Esau and Edom do because they are under dazzling demons. Most of those people think those dazzling demons are the Holy Spirit or Jesus Christ. They don't have much revelation, but it's a lot of charismatic believers today that are in total bondage to the enemy. In order to set the captives free with the true gospel... There needs to be an elevation of the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus equated revelation and freedom to living on a hill. He says, you are a city on a hill if you have my word working in you by its own inherent power. That city on a hill is Mount Zion. Jesus said the citizens of heaven will live in a Mm -hmm. mountain. Do you realize that? And the mountain of the Lord shall rise as chief of all the mountains in the last days. Isaiah chapter 2, it is written. What are these other mountains? And what is Mm -hmm. the mountain of the Lord? They're all words working in the invisible person of the heart. So the mountain of the Lord is Zion. And the other mountains are Obadiah 121, Mount Esau. You have heard that there's a seven mountain mandate. I tell you the truth, the only seven mountains I see anywhere in the Bible is Satan's mountains. In fact, Jude says all the demons were bound in chains awaiting gloomy judgment. It's a reference to Enoch, where the seven mountains are the imprisonment of all the demons. We have Christian teachers out here teaching seven mountains mandate when scripture and Enoch actually says that's the imprisonment of the fallen angels. And you wonder why so many demons are involved in charismatic Christianity. They're teaching from seven mountains. They're Mm -hmm. literally teaching from the mountains that taught Balaam his sorcery. They're
1: trying to manipulate (laughs) the times and the seasons by stolen grace of believers. Like we've talked about, you have a lot more power than you think. And that's in Christ, And how do we know this? Well, you know, when the enemy comes around to try to mess with things, the way they try to tempt believers to use their grace, which is a power, right? Grace is a power to rise. The temptations, you know, like uh, for me, when I was approached by high-level entities, you know, it doesn't get higher than those levels. There's nothing higher than them in the kingdom of hell. That's the top. When they were coming to me to try and manipulate my emotions and feelings... And then I realized what they were trying to persuade me to do, it kind of overplayed their hand and gave us some information about what they were trying to do, which also clued me in, like, I didn't even realize that I had the ability to do this because of, you know, who I am in Christ as a part of the body, like, who God created my eternal spirit to be. They're trying to tempt me to create a new timeline because they don't like the one that's the remaining one. Uh, since they traveled to heaven if you've seen that post on facebook by the way if you're not joined with us on facebook you are missing out yep. i know some of you guys are new here and you're just like whoa what is this cosmic righteous principalities rising in the heavens the bob jones prophecies fulfilled <laughs> on the stars i want to be a part of this check out the links join the facebook page because we actually post a lot more content there there's some daily content from our community that's where you can kind of get plugged in and you know you want to find maybe some accountability or you want to make friends or you know just get the daily uh, bread that you don't find here on the live this is the main thing we do but we have a lot of things going on daily there so join the Facebook group and get connected um, but if you've seen the post on there you know if you understand about timelines there's been multiple different you know timelines People talk about well, what are the timelines, the potential possibilities for how the future unfolds, depending on different various factors. One of the things that I'd been praying for was for one timeline, which is to narrow it down to one specific, uh, one specific timeline, and it has to do with the will and the dream of the father. That timeline, the the, the highest, the best, the most perfect one and within a few days and that's something i had been praying for like you know a couple of years and then a few months but it really as the vision increased it narrowed down to this one and i i forget the date the days and the times are on there online you can find it but within a few days of that i was transported to heaven to the third heavens where i did get to see my grandpa who's moved to heaven you know He's alive and well. He's outside of a body, you know. Everyone <laughs> in heaven, in Jesus Christ's kingdom, they're alive. They're not dead. They moved to heaven. They're not in a physical body. They're not dead. Right? They're not like the witch of Endor. <laughs> Faith causes your the, spirit to live
0: forever in heaven. Hallelujah. It's true.
1: So he's doing good. He actually is a like a train driver. They have like, I don't know what kind of train. It's like, a, like, like one of the rails. It kind of reminds me of the rail out train. here. It kind of reminds me of the rails they have out here in uh, Miami, but way better and way nicer because obviously it's in heaven. They have better materials and just a better way of doing things. But he was driving people around on this. People still ride on trains, like the outer courts of heaven. He is an outer courts of heaven. He has really nice stuff there. And he's got a job that he does every day. Angels flashing over here. You guys love my grandpa. (laughs) He's a really cool guy. Uh, When he was dying, uh, right before he passed, I went to go visit him and I had told him hey, by the way, Grandpa, when you get there, check out the portals as soon as you can and check out what we're, doing, what we're about to do in the earth. I want you to see it. And he said, okay, he would. He told me he would. And about a week or so after he passed, I saw him standing I and was, I was in prayer at a place I used to live in Texas. And I looked up, I saw him standing in a cloud, looking down through the portal, wearing the hat that I, I had asked the Lord and his holy angels to give as a gift for him and put it in his mansion uh, before he passed. That way, it'd be there for a surprise for him. And I saw him wearing it. And then I translated my tongues and Google Translate, and it had his name. I've never since, since like, before then, uh, that I can remember gotten his name. And it's a very uncommon name. <laughs> it's a very uncommon name. Uh, I've never actually met anyone else in the world or heard of anyone that has that name. It's so unique. But I'm sure there are some out there. I've just never met any of them or heard it or seen it anywhere else. So it was a sign and a wonder to me, seeing him look down and see, you know, what we're doing or working on. So when I got to go visit him, I got to mit, uh, see one of his, friend, his friends. And I had been praying all that week to visit heaven, to be taken up into heaven and visit. So I, maybe that's a word for somebody. Maybe keep asking, <laughs> keep wow. seeking.
0: This glory is just so incredible tonight. Yeah. I like
1: talking, talking about heaven is really nice Wow! and uh, I love, I love visiting heaven. I want to go all the time, but uh, one of the keys though is that you have to make a covenant with God, like an agreement that you're not going to use the glory of your encounter for your own purposes when you come back. That's why a lot of people don't get to go because you're going to do the wrong thing to lead people to yourself or to like lead people astray, or to like twist the words or the things that you see there to accommodate your own agenda. That's why a lot of people don't get to go because they abuse the, uh, mm. they abuse the privilege. And so they just wa- they don't get to go or they used to or they don't get to really go anymore. A- and again, it all comes down to the Father. What's going to be the best for you? Maybe you need a lot of humility. A trip to heaven for some people only increases their pride. So he's just not going to let you go. Um, but yep. don't...
0: Faithfulness yeah. to invisible Christ with your heart. Uh, really... One of the keys is the ability to keep secrets. To you I've given the secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them I speak in parables. Jesus Christ, red letters. Mm -hmm. So the ability to hold secrets within your heart. As it's written, Mary kept these things secret in her heart. And then greater glory was always revealed to her. And this is one of the keys of being a friend of God, is being faithful with mysteries and just cherishing them as special treasure in Mm -hmm. your heart between you and him. And a secret garden of your Mm -hmm. heart. And it doesn't need to be something that's always shared with others. But Mm -hmm. it's something that emanates Shekinah of your own relationship with God in your heart. And you walk together. And then he can really entrust you with higher things. It's those types of people that get taken into heaven.
1: (laughs) Yep. And so just like, you know, what he said, that's what we've encountered is you first need to be someone who doesn't have to share everything that god has told you and only then are you going to know when it's time to share something and when it's time to keep it a secret but when we're babies in revelation we just as soon as we have an encounter we got to share it as soon as we get a revelation we got to share it that's when you'll notice you start to forget like the people get a revelation and they can't remember they forget it's a merit to remember, mm. so you have to merit to remember and find out how that process works. Faith is the realm of remembrance. Do this to remember mm. me, zakor, right? The remembrance of the Sabbath. In remember it's zakor. Remembrance of the the Sabbath. Remember His commandments. Remember Jesus. It's mm. about the realm of faith. It's about the sephirot. It's about walking in righteousness, and so we have to continue to merit and realize it's there's a lot lot of stuff people forget from lessons from like last year lessons from the past there's a lot of stuff we forget sometimes and then just pray to merit to remember because when you remember you stay in the fear of the lord which protects you from evil and so it's just uh, good things but let's talk about the the timeline issue this is why you know there's a lot more going on in your spirit than you know Right, you don't really get it up here. We don't really understand fully up here yet. He
0: keeps it a lot, a lot of on. it secret from your own brain. That's why we walk by faith, not by sight. What mm-hmm. does that mean? The kingdom's doing thousands of things in the spirit and not shared at all with your brain. Why? We walk by faith, not by sight. That's why. Mm-hmm. Amen. If the brain can understand it all and control it all, there's no more faith. That's really the deification of the soul is a person that wants it all Mm -hmm. controlled by their own brain, their own senses, and their own flesh and blood. You ain't going to get that in God's kingdom. God's (laughs) kingdom is a perpetual surrendering to his power and a losing of your own as is written when we are weak, he is strong. False Christianity strengthens the person apart from the strength (laughs) of his glory and that's why they don't have any revelation.
1: Okay, so here are (laughs) the dates... So, December seventeenth, I had sent a message to it was either a friend or some friends' unrighteousness. So, December seventeenth, and some reaction here. I have a little clip of, and where I said, "I'm going for the highest timeline possible." And that was December seventeenth, twenty twenty-three, early in the morning. December twenty-third was the visitation to heaven, and that's where there was one remaining timeline. One remaining timeline. It was
0: answered within a week.
1: This the power is power really of
0: praying the Father's will. He will answer everything that's according to His will. It is written.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's about the Father's dream, and there was one. There was one thing I asked for in myself, simply because. The Holy Spirit reminded me of what he wanted to give me and, and otherwise I would not have included that and he would mentioned that to me so I did include something for myself in that timeline. So that was really nice. But understand, the one remaining timeline, it comes down to trust. The reason why a lot of people want to manipulate the timeline is because they're connected to demons and they don't trust that the Father's dream coming true would benefit them. And I think that's something you need to work out between you and the Father. Don't you understand that the Father's dream coming true is the best for everyone? Well, there's an angel again. <laughs> you really have to trust him. It's not about you and the timeline you want. It's not about that anymore. Those timelines don't actually even exist. So there's like a the cascade of between decrees and times and season things like how they come down and unfold like a scroll, through the sephirot is uh, really it's, it's really important to understand a few of these things so that we can trust in god through his word and let go of other agendas so i want to read this it seems important to the spirit to read this i'm going to read this out loud here in the, our broadcast of that encounter and just trust that god's timeline is the one now what did the enemy overplay their hand When they were trying to come to tempt me to manipulate or change to create a new timeline i realized the only reason they would be trying to tempt me this is because my spirit actually has the ability to do that and the angel over there again (laughs) and so i'm not going to use what god's given me to do some other timeline it's not going to happen not in a million years this is the timeline the father and i've decided on because why what was prayed at that time that was answered within a few days by getting taken up into the third heavens the Father's will being done. Not your will. Not Molech's will. Not Satan's will. Not Pan's will. <laughs> or oh, i an orb. <laughs> None of their will. The Father's will be done. Why? Jesus said this is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. In the highest heavens. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those as we have already forgiven those who have already sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation. In the Aramaic, take us not to trial, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And here is the post. We'll go ahead and read it to you because some of you have missed out on this. I want you to hear it. There now remains only one timeline, and that is the timeline that God has shown to Apostle Brandon and Rebecca Barthrop through the apostleship of RLM TV and Cosmic Righteousness. That the Kingdom Age power, signs, wonders, miracles, and abilities, and the Millennial Reign miracles will come through this apostleship, and those who have risen faithfully under this apostolic canopy through the Sephrot. All other timelines have been destroyed. So here it is, 1.37 a.m. on 12.23 of 2023. I just went to heaven and came back. I saw my grandpa, he was driving a train in heaven like a modern floating super train. He was driving on a large elevated railway train that was filled with a lot of people, taking it as transportation around the outer courts of heaven. Beside him was a friend of his who works somewhere in heaven, and I got the sense that he knew me or knew about me from back on the earth. When I had asked them questions or talked to them about their daily lives and the jobs that they worked in heaven, they made a joke about something like 50% eyes, 50% jacket, some insider joke from their daily life in heaven. I asked them, what do you mean 50% eyes, 50% jacket? When they were making a joke with each other about their daily jobs and daily life in heaven, they smiled and kind of looked at each other knowingly, and I said, Oh, it's a heaven thing, isn't it? They both nodded and smiled. You see, there are certain things you can't tell visitors when they come to heaven. So I said, It's a secret, isn't it? It's a surprise. I'll be surprised when I come to heaven. They said yes to all this, realizing that I understood some of the ways that heaven works. Then I said to my grandpa, You know, Grandpa... I don't think I'm going to die and come here. And then he said something along the lines of, I think you're right. We looked back over to the right where we had been looking at the timelines down in the earth, over to the right hand side of the train where you can see down into the earth and how things go up from the earth into the heavens. When we were on the train initially, so at the beginning, there were many pillars, initially there were many pillars of clouds, like, like pillars of cloud that were pillars of light or fire. They each came up out of cities from the earth, realms into the heavenly realms. The war going on in the second heavens and over the earth was so raging that you could see it from the outer courts of heaven that looked down like huge portals or like one big portal. It's not like the individual portals or fountain-looking portals that I've seen at other times in heaven where people go and watch family events. These, these ones are usually looking into houses and rooms from about the ceiling height so that they can watch things like birthdays, anniversaries, especially baptisms, and their family or friends receiving a greater salvation. It's a popular thing to do in heaven. When someone's getting married, when somebody's getting baptized, or getting saved, or having a a special encounter, uh, they will look through those portals. So, these, but this was a huge, large area outside, right out the outer, outer courts of heaven. These large areas, just on the outskirts of heaven, were like huge open areas, where outside of the city, you could see the skyscrapers and many buildings that are built down in the earth, in the spiritual realm, that go up to heaven. Similar to the Tower of Babylon, but modern-day skyscrapers. I believe, uh, those I believe are the second heaven cities that are connected down into the earth. And some of those executive-like CEO buildings actually do go up in the spiritual world all the way to the top of the second heavens because of contracts and demons and fallen angels. Many of those buildings were being destroyed. And there were explosions and buildings toppling, the second heaven buildings... Wicked rulers and the wicked elite rich of the world. They run those things. There were explosions and buildings toppling and all kinds of weather phenomenon, if you could even call it weather. It's probably more accurate to call it whirlwinds of warfare that were attacking and destroying, like one army versus another, or one Sephiroth versus another. One angel army versus the fallen angel army, and I did see Michael. He stands out among all. He is huge. He was huge compared to all the other angels in battle. Huge. Mm-hmm. Very cool. He just like looked terrifying in battle. It was so cool. It's like, yes. Mm-hmm. So it was just <laughs> the most epic thing I've probably Ooh. ever seen in the heavens. One angel army versus the fallen angel army. And clearly, heaven is stronger. It was very obvious that heavenly, the heaven arm, armies of God, his righteousness and purity are much stronger we just have to get with the program that's pretty much it they're already stronger so when we saw all the craziness going on in the heavens and in the earth I joked to both of them my grandpa and his friend and laughed and said you picked a good time to get out (laughs) looking down at all the insanity going on all the you know all the warfare to which both of them laughed and agreed. So take heart if you, you know, you're like what is going on? Even in heaven, they agreed with me on that. They're like, "Yep. They were happy to be out." <laughs> so, they were definitely grateful to be in heaven during this time and not dealing with all the warfare. So when we started the train ride that my grandpa was driving with his friend on the right passenger side across from him who was also working, when we looked at the cloud of light and fire pillars, There were many of them. My grandpa was able to confirm to me that I was correct about them representing the timelines. At this point, right, and those are separate from the buildings, at this point, many of them were being destroyed. By the end of the train ride, we looked over and only one, only one remained. I said, Grandpa, look. And him and his friend looked over with me at the one remaining timeline, and I said, I think that's mine. That's my timeline, isn't it? (laughs) All the other ones are destroyed. And he said something like this. Yeah, you know, I do think I heard something about that. It sounded like he had heard about it recently in heaven through the grapevine. (laughs) The song heard it through the grapevine. (laughs) More than you know. All right. Then I looked back. And to the left and there in the crowd of people outside walking on the street or the sidewalk beside the train there was a special little girl highlighted that seemed to glow more than everyone else there in the hour court i wonder if she was a resident in the higher heavens since literally no one else even seemed to glow compared to her in that place i had wondered since then either she maybe she was a resident in the higher heavens or if she was a saint alive on earth that was also in heaven. She had a small angel with her that was like the cutest little pet owl you could ever imagine, and it was white. I recognized that as the same type of angel and the ones that I had seen in New York in the spiritual realm recently that were like giant white owls with pure white plumage that could not stand liars or cheaters and who had been progressively removing the wicked from regions in New York. The man in the invisible realm on the earth in New York when I traveled there in the spirit explained that they started showing up right after Brandon and I went on our apostolic mission trip to New York. Ever since I had seen those angels, I finally understood what type of angel that Moloch had been mm-hmm. before he fell as a fallen angel. The true and pure version of the angels who did not fall are extremely powerful, wise, and beautiful. This little angel is no exception, and the little girl together with the bird-like angel were just so adorable and glowing with holiness that it was a real treat to see in heaven. When I noticed the girl and the little white owl angel, I said to my grandpa and his friend as I pointed over there, look! And they both turned and looked, and my grandpa said, oh, she has one of the angels from your time. Hey, what kind of times are these, huh? I thought, what a mystery this must be. So I waved to the little girl and the angel, and they waved back to me, and the little bird flew from her right through the wall of the train, and landed in the middle of my left hand, exactly where I have had gold and diamond dust twice that week when I wrote this. Once gold, another time silver, representing Gevra and Hesed respectively. When the angel landed on my hand, The little white bird was so small to fit in my hand about 5 inches tall and very, very cute. Very cute. The cuteness of heaven. I kissed the bird and I sent it back to the little girl with my breath, like blowing a kiss. It flew back to her and I wondered about the sign. I was very excited about my timeline being the only one left. This means the timeline work has been successful and very few of people know how hard we have fought and struggled to attain it in the earth and in the heavens. I asked a question, and though I cannot remember what exactly I asked, I think it's censored. But I was brought back to my body, and as I was coming back, I realized that I'm not allowed to hear that yet. Right, I asked a question so intense in the spirit, that the spirit of God immediately brought me back to my body from heaven because I wasn't allowed to know the answer to that question yet. And he wouldn't even allow me to remember my question so that I can't pursue it while in the body yet because I'm not ready to hear that. We're not ready to hear that yet. And that's an exciting thing, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that exciting? That's pretty cool. So note that the pillars of the clouds that were the timelines, they looked similar to the pillar of cloud and Shekinah fire that went before the Israelites in the wilderness. And now only one remains. And that's the one that's been established that we've seen in heaven. And it will not be manipulated. It will not be changed. It will not be adjusted to human desires and will. It will not be adjusted to principality of the enemy desires and will. All of their will is shaken and removed from it, and this one timeline remains firm and established and nothing in heaven or earth or under the earth can change it because it's the Father's will, the Father's (laughs) dream, and the Father's desire, and His is the one that matters. His is the one that matters to me, and I believe that some of you watching at the sound of our voice tonight as one that's what matters to you and that's why you're here because you care about your father's work your father's business you're like jesus you're becoming like jesus when he said i'm about my father's business Mm -hmm. which is luke 137 that says for with god nothing shall be impossible and this is with god that's why it's not impossible it is possible and here it is (laughs) one remaining timeline and to everyone you know who wants to be a part of that one timeline, understand that people who cling to the other timelines that don't even exist anymore, the potential possibilities, you really should not cling to those because they're already destroyed. There's like a time um, Mm -hmm. with things as they come down from the heavens. There's this kind of a grace period to let go of things because if you cling to the old or timelines, they don't exist. So if you cling to them, you're not going to exist in the earth. Does that make sense? Yeah, so ignore all... Most people don't even know at this point what timelines even are. Don't even bother. There's only one now. That's it. There's no other timeline. It's the father's time to have what he wants. Mm. It's not about what everybody else wants. And if you really trust that He desires what's best for everyone, then you'll trust Him. Yes, we do. Amen. Fathers will be done. Fathers will be done. And He loves you. He loves you more than I have the ability to put into words or convey in glory uh, an emotion in words. He loves you. He created you for a specific purpose. And you're created to love Him. So, receive his love, receive his intensity of his severity as much as you can, so that there can be more room in you to receive more of his love. That's what it's about. It's about loving him and receiving his love. That's what you're created for.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Good, good Father. Thank you, Father, for this time together and RLM TV and everyone fellowshipping in this broadcast in the glory and the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Thank you for helping each and every one grow in you every day. May your presence increase through their hearts. May repentance and change of thought and mind increase in them as they rise from the dead to live on Jesus Christ's stars in his stairway during these times of great jubilee in the heavens and great destruction of hell all over the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We will see you Tuesday. See you. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the Scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing. And with all our getting, we should get understanding. TV is dedicated to providing that understanding, to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs His disciples to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, It will be given to us in good measure pressed down shaken together and running over by supporting rlm tv you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance not only for yourselves but for countless others who will reap the harvest of god's grace through this ministry in the book of malachi chapter 3 verse 10 we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in god's house rlm tv is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's Word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.